have a passion, hobby or expertise and want to share it with the world, why not do a podcast? The PodStation offers a wide range of packages to make this a reality, ranging from training and support for those who have no idea where to begin, to podcasters who just need somewhere to host their show. With prices starting at a mere £15 per month, you can now get involved in one of the fastest growing entertainment forms in the world without all the headaches. To find out more, visit thepodstation.co.uk forward slash station dash packages. And remember, those with passion, podcast. You're listening to The Business Spotlight, exclusively on The Podstation. Welcome to the latest episode of the Business Spotlight. My name is Mark Pollard. I'm the owner of the Pod Station. Uh, why do we do this show? Uh, well, if you're listening to it, you've probably found us um, either on our website, thepodstation.co.uk, or you're listening to this from one of the major podcast platforms. We wanted to give an opportunity for businesses to highlight what they do, tell us all about their expertise, give them a little bit of exposure. Uh, because the concept arose um, just as we were heading into a, a global pandemic lockdown and we figured, hey, uh, it's probably a good idea to try and help people uh, out of this slight pickle that many find themselves in. Now, we've had some fascinating shows uh, and there's an awful lot that's happened since we first started. In particular, to such an extent that we've actually decided to bring back somebody for a, a second instalment not too long after we've had the first instalment. Um, we've decided to do this because fundamentally there's an awful lot that's changed in a rather short space of time and chances are there's probably going to be the same again. So uh, without further ado, I would like to introduce my guest for the second time, a serial podcaster now. It's Dave Forrest from Myriad Mortgages. How are we doing, Dave? I'm very well. Very well, Mark. Good to be back. So for the for the benefit of those people who are now listening who might have not caught the first episode, uh, do you want to just quickly run through what it is that we're going to have a chat about today and probably why it might be of interest to people? Yeah, Mark. Well, I think it was 24th of May we did it, um, which was sort of, if you like, I suppose halfway through lockdown a little bit. Um, we're Myriad Mortgages, um, so we do all things to do with finance, mortgages, borrowing, um, insurance um, and as you can imagine that was a, a sort of very strange time back then when uh, no one could move house really or knew what they were doing um, and I suppose in a way no one knew what it was going to look like when we when we sort of started to come out um, so it's sort of interesting times. You say no um, one could move but actually you managed to do it didn't you? Well we did yeah we moved <laughs> you, just you, on. You actually moved during lockdown yourself. Yeah yeah, um, but it, it, it's it's a strange thing because the world's just been shaken up by this thing, and I think the layers of what it affects you, you just you can't. It blows your mind when you start to think about it because every layer of life has been changed, as we know, and loads of us know. But when you start to look into it, it you know where you think things are maybe getting back to a bit of normal, and it feels like that. It's only when you sort of dig down a little bit into some pro, certainly processes. You know, every, everyone um, in your business tends to have a process. And I feel a lot of that's been sort of thrown up in the air, landed on the desk in a totally different order. 
Um, and it's sort of like putting some sort of like new process into place in the new world, if you like. And will we ever get back to the to the old world? Um, and certainly in our industry, uh, I think now we're sort of oh, a good couple of months now back and back out of lockdown, if you like. You know, we were in the housing market. was certainly one of the first ones to be allowed out. You know, I think it was one Tuesday evening that um, the housing minister, you know, arrived on TV and said, right, um, as from today, the housing market's back open. I think it was the first one to be opened. Um, and it took a little bit of time to get going. And I think at first, all seemed quite normal for quite, you know, quite quickly. Um, but over time, that's changed. And um, even today feels a little bit different. And maybe not for the best, if you like, if you want to put a bit of negative spin on it. Not for the best. Um, but I think what I always think is if, if things are hard, we need to be working harder ourselves to help people. And it, it only makes you better. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to sort of maybe come on and explain how things are looking now and how things might change even more in the future. You know, so. Well, because of the nature of our country, we are a tiny island, a well-populated tiny island at that uh, the property market does form an enormous part of our economy, doesn't it? There's a yeah. if if the property market takes a slump, it doesn't go. It doesn't take a genius to work out that our economy takes a big slump at yeah. the same time. So the two are very intrinsically linked. Now I know other countries and other economies are probably the same. We're obviously looking at this in isolation. Perhaps we're looking at it with slight blinkers on, but it does seem to me that it is perhaps slightly more important because of our slightly unique um sociological population type yeah. structure um so lockdown essentially ground everything to the halt because you couldn't go out to do surveys um you couldn't meet up with your brokers to go through information that is necessary for the process um I suspect even more fundamentally than that, the mortgage brokers, uh, sorry, the mortgage companies, the lenders, uh, the estate agents didn't even have staff in place. Solicitors couldn't even have necessarily staff in place to actually process the work. Um, So uh, to what extent has that changed? Well, I think um, when we were, when the housing market opened, it was, it was sort of, oh, great, let's get back and, um, it really has come back with a bang. The whole market, people buying property, um, you know, the, the, there was a pent up demand, so that that was good. You know, people still wanted to move. Um, there was a lot of stuff in the pipeline that we needed to sort of like resurrect and get going again, um, which we did, and you know, we started to move people in. So those things have changed a little bit. In, and again, lockdowns beneath where people can move and all that type of thing. But probably the big, the biggest changes, like you say, there are. I think when we did our last podcast, we were talking about oh, how the world's changed a bit, and yeah, there's no staffing. And really, we were sort of middle of August, and we're still in that position where some of these big companies and lenders um, may well have had three, four hundred people in an office. They haven't got that. They might have fifty, if that, you know, at the moment. So while everybody's sort of working at home and, and, and you know, the working from home thing, I know sort of people have sort of said the life was a lot better and I, I fully get that. Um, again, I think the processes haven't been redesigned to cope with, one, the volume that we used to have 
and two, the volume that's now here, you know, because not only we've we got the pent-up demand and the, the pipeline, we've now got, you know, we have come out of this with an absolute bang and like stamp duty's been, we might come on to stamp duty in a bit, but stamp duty's been, there's a bit of a holiday there, so that gives a bit more impetus to the market. Um, so all this massive amount of business that can be done is not being how it was done back in January and February. When we probably come from there, we've gone through sort of like 15 years of building systems to cope with volume and speed, you know, because everybody wants things done quickly. So we'd, we'd all, all of us in our industry had built up to that point where we could do things in, almost instantly. Um, and overnight that changed. So no, maybe, you know, on a typical mortgage application, a human being may never have actually looked at it. Now they're sort of having to look at it again because it's not going through the normal routes. Um, and you can imagine that slowed things down a hell of a lot. Um, and as we speak today, I know of lenders who are taking 15 days to look at a piece of paper. Where pre-lockdown, it might have been two hours, you know, um, if it was a standard thing, it'd just be signed off and done. So you can see where we've almost gone back 15 years in, in a matter of minutes, if you like. And um, why why is it that they're looking taking a bit longer to look at these these applications? Well, I think if if someone if an underwriter who's going to sign that document off is working at home, you know it's got to get to them, so it, it's going to come in through the normal route. Normally online nowadays, we will upload a document; it'll get in there. Now, all right, it might appear on their system, but they they're then manually looking at that. Um, and when when you look at someone manually. It, changes a little bit you know um and, and i and i do know you know where you might be in an office and you'll sort of like say to someone you know oh what do you think of that oh yeah well that's how we normally do it they're on their own at the moment so they're very isolated and i think that causes a problem so making a decision sometimes a bit harder if they want to go through someone else and check something so i just think just generally you know um as i say i don't think there's you know there's not the capacity there to deal with things as quickly as you used to. And that's what I think sometimes the, the working from home for a lot of people um, will be more productive for them. Sometimes the knock-on effect to other, other sides of the business. You know, you, we can't get through to anyone, so we can't ring a lender. Some lenders have got phone lines are closed down because, you know, they haven't got the technology to, to put some in someone's house um, for us to ring. So all the sort of support lines have gone, you know. Um, so then... It might take us two hours to get through to someone. We're not getting an answer, so you can see the knock-on effects as then on our business. So, so the the processes haven't changed. It's more a case of their ability to complete those processes, yeah. and it's still not up to speed no. because of at the time of doing this and to put a, uh, some context to that, we are. Um, the lockdown measures have largely been lifted. There's still a few bits and pieces still to go. Um, we are doing this on the 18th of August 2020. There's fears that there might be a, a second wave come the winter. Um, there is, of course, the furlough scheme, which is now starting to be wound down, which, of course, may be one of the reasons why some businesses don't have their full quota of staff to hand. Yeah. But obviously, as that winds down even further and what we're now, we're now mid-August, and I think it's the end of October or beginning of October. End of October. Isn't end it? of October that, that it ends. So you're only talking another two months, two and a half months between 
it being completely removed for, as an option. Um, and to that end, I'm quite surprised, certainly, if the property market has taken up as quick as it has, that the the, the lenders haven't brought back people quicker yeah. than it appears that they have. Or is it just a case of they can't have that many people sitting in close Yeah, proximity? I think it's just, you know, if you think about a, a sort of big corporate organisation, you know, I mean, if you take one, some someone like probably someone like Santander, you know, or Halifax, they'll have three or four offices across the country, maybe one in Scotland, um, you know, one in sort of like Leeds, Bradford, um, one in London, um, with a number of people in there. And, and obviously, yeah, through technology, they can deal with all sorts of different things. But there's a few other different issues. So obviously, when we went into sort of lockdown and, and the furlough, and then you had the payment holidays on mortgages. So you can imagine that was a busy time for them. So a lot of staff were maybe put on on other operations. So maybe dealing with the incoming calls from clients, uh, from existing clients who wanted a maybe payment holiday. So that took up resources. Um, then the working from home. Not, but yeah, if you think of a big office, you probably you're probably not some of them not a meter away from anybody, are you? So you know, all in a line, taking calls or dealing with stuff. Um, yeah, so interesting how they're not back. I think the other big thing, we're in August, the kids going back to school probably has a, quite a big effect on people. Um, and then one of our, our staff has worked from home since lockdown, never not been in the office, um, and she's got two young girls. So, you know, she can't come back in, um, you know, and she's been pretty much locked at home, working fully, absolutely fine, but she can't come back to, at least till September till the kids go back to school. So I think that September date might have a big effect on quite a lot of industries where people can then come back in, you know, if, if they want to and if they can. Um, and, and we'll see whether that, I mean, if you look at um, a lot of lenders, um, they're sort of controlling the amount of business doing they're doing by um, limiting the products that they have. Well, well, we'll, we'll come to that because uh, th- that was going to be my next question, actually. In our last show, I I raised the point that um, it wasn't ten years ago that we had the financial meltdown, and that was largely to do with the property market. Um, as a result of that, there was an awful lot more stringent measures that were introduced yeah. to the sector, particularly in terms of lending, stress testing people's financial means uh, to make sure that they weren't overextending themselves etc actually when we when we were chatting last time we were sort of looking at it on the basis of those those more stringent measures might stand the sector in good stead because those stress testing measures that were introduced should theoretically allow some breathing space for people who might be detrimentally affected as a result of the pandemic however with that being said, and this sort of leads me on to where you were just going, uh, have the lenders changed their criteria for offering up products? So is it harder to get a mortgage than it was pre-lockdown? And if so, why is that the case? Yeah, there's a number There's a number of things they've changed, um, and not through wanting to. Um, I think we said last time, you know, yeah, that, that robust sort of regulation really helped us Certainly in our industry, the fact that, yeah, the, the lenders are awash with money, they've got lots of reserves, and they want to lend. That was the thing we, we, we said back in May. They want to lend. But it's purely down to their capacity to deal with the volume that they're not lending. You know, so certainly at the sort of higher 
what we call loans for value, so at ninety percent for first time buyers with a ten percent deposit. There is very little there at the moment. Um, there's one or two products, and they'll put big caveats on them. So there might be a minimum loan size, which might be one hundred and fifty grand. So someone borrowing at one hundred and ten grand, they can't have access to that. And why? Are, end, sorry, sorry to cut across you there, Dave. Why are they doing that? Because they do, because that. Um, there's there's a, probably a couple of reasons. I mean, I think initially we were thinking maybe it was down to house prices. So is there going to be a crash? You lend at ninety percent. There's a crash suddenly. Uh, 100% and doesn't look good. I don't think that's quite in the thinking. I purely, It's purely down to volume. They are, I mean, at the end of the day, the, these lenders, they make the banks, aren't they? They make money. Um, if a bank, and I've spoken to a couple of them, if they can lend at 15% deposit and do enough business, which they are, why do they want to push to 90? Although they do have a bit of responsibility to keep the market going. I'm sure behind the scenes there's people pushing them. But today I've spoken to a lender who said they were ready to launch into the 90% market this week, second week in August, and that's been put back a month. And it's purely because the amount of applications they've got in. And I think if you think, even though we've been in lockdown and ten, generally when we speak about the mortgage market, we speak about, we talk about people buying houses, don't we? Um, but there's a hell of a lot of people that every month who are you know, moving lender to get a better rate. The rates coming to an end, the fixed rate, and whatever month it is throughout the year, there's always a, you know, a billion number, whatever it is, ten billion, twenty billion pounds worth of remortgages that are ready to be looked at. So if you just deal in that market, there's enough um, without doing the purchase market. So really, they're, they're controlling the volume, but it's almost like they're unable to control the volume. It doesn't seem to get any better at the moment. Every day seems to get a little bit further behind. So what, I suppose what you've got, because we, we, we've done it ourselves for our clients, you can't get a 90% loan, but you're a first-time buyer. Well, can mum and dad help out? Well, yeah. Or, well, actually, we've done all right out of this lockdown. We've not spent any money. We've saved an extra 5%, so we'll do it at 15% deposit. So I can't think of anyone during this period where we've actually not, we've said, you can't do it. We've just come up with another way of doing it. And there's a couple of things you can do. Um, you know, as I say, mum and dad have helped out because there's not the capacity for the 10%. So even though we're sort of saying the 90% is there, I can't think of one where we've not done something for them. And, and between us, we've come up with a solution. So it's almost like, why would you want to launch 90%? You know, has, that affected, uh, has that affected how you do your job? Yeah. Uh, so what what's different what what is it that you're having to do now to try and get the products uh, that your clients are after uh, um one what, i mean one one lender at the moment are and and again this does go back sort of God, maybe for, even before i was around uh, doing this um where they're limiting per day the amount of they they've got a 90% product um 10% deposit they're limiting the number of the amount of money per day that they will lend on that product. So we have to be up at eight o'clock in the morning on the system and trying to book funds for a client. Um, and at, after about 10 minutes, it just runs out because everybody's on there, all the brokers are on there trying to book a 10% deposit. We got one last week for a client, uh, but then we've got one there, which we're looking at and it 10 days we've tried consistently 10 days we've been on and by about quarter past nine, quarter past eight, 
the funds had disappeared and they've gone. Um, and so, but that's purely down because they know if we do that amount of funds, we'll get so many applications in and we can deal with that, but we can't deal with any more, you know. So, uh, I mean, most products that lenders have have a, have a limited life anyway from a whatever it is, 50 million pounds, 100 million, 200 million pounds worth, whatever the figure is, but they're actually limiting the amount of funds per day. And, you know, if if some big houses get booked on those, it'll run out quite quickly. And have you seen a change in the people who are looking to buy now, uh, whether it be employed, self-employed it's, people? It's interesting that, investments. yeah. Um, over the last few months, we've, we've sort of seen it. It's quite interesting because normally what happens in a bit of a slowdown is the sort of bigger properties tend to stop selling a bit more. Uh, well, your smaller ones, you know, your, your, your lower price ones. Are, but we've sort of seen an increase in maybe the, the three, four hundred, five hundred thousand properties in, in sort of our area, the, the sort of the, the higher end. And, and there is a lot of doctors, uh, civil servants. So, again, it's people with salary that's always going to be there. Really, a, I think they'll have a lot of overtime in they'll their bank yeah, accounts, yeah. won't they? God Stuff bless like them. That. So it's quite, it's quite interesting. Um, although... Self-employed, I mean, you asked before about changes to the way lenders are sort of like wanting to lend. Uh, probably the biggest change at the moment is maybe for self-employed businesses and the questions that are being asked, you know, and, and straight away that question came in, has COVID-19 affected the client at all? But certainly in self-employed businesses, you are seeing some more questions being asked and more sort of relevant questions for now. We're really, if you were look, ever, always looking at a self-employed applicant, we've always really, the industry's always gone on historical stuff. Because you're looking at last year, really, aren't you? When now they are asking questions, okay, is it sustainable? You know, what type of business it is? So an underwriter might ask a question. You know, if it is something like, say, a hairdresser, they're going to know that they've not worked really for four or five months of the year. You know, what's it looking like going forward? They might want an accountant's sort of like certificate to sort of say, well, no, still viable, still running. Yeah. And they, really they might, this year they'll catch up. They might have been shut for a few months, but there's now an enormous queue outside yes. of people yeah, with exactly. bad barnets who yeah. need their haircuts. Yeah, I was one of those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but, yeah, so it, it, as I said before, if it gets harder, we just have to step up our game and find not ways of doing it, but, um, you know, the ways of doing it, really. Um and that might be us being better at collecting more information. Or I certainly think the best thing you can do is manage your client's expectations of what, because it's quite interesting. As soon as sort of like people started to get back to work and come into the the new world, they quite quickly forgot that you know there'd been a global pandemic. I think a few times I have said to whether it be you know the state agent, we do realise there has been a world pandemic on you know. That's why nothing's happened for three months. It's funny how people's memories are quite... It's, it's interesting, isn't it? How it, it tends to be people who've, who who are back at work or have been yeah. back at work for a while or have been at work throughout the lockdown. Yeah. They, they forget yeah. that there's other... Like the example you gave before of if you're in a big company and there's a huge office but yeah. everyone's quite tightly packed, the logistics yeah. of sitting people safely in that yeah. sort of space just isn't feasible yeah. at the minute. It's just not there at the minute. By virtue so. of that, your hand is forced to not have as many people on 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 the phones or yeah, that's it. dealing with the applications. Um, and I think trying to explain that a little bit to a client. So 
you know, and say, look, you know, you've got to understand that's the way it is. There's not too much we can do about it. And then, you know, but it still doesn't stop. And certainly when you're buying a house, it doesn't stop the stress, you know, that the client's going under. And if they're under a bit of pressure as well from maybe, because really if someone who's had their house on the market since March, say, you know, sold it, and then was locked down for three months and nothing happened. And while they understood that, as soon as it come out, it was, well, now, I, now I, I'm ready to set, I'm selling it again. Are you you're still buying it? Yeah, we are, but we're really only, you know, they've forgot that three months really. And they can start to put a bit of pressure on the buyer um, and it just causes a bit of stress. And so it's, yeah, it's just trying to manage it as best you can really. And uh, have, have, have you, I've, I appreciate this is a bit of a how long's a piece of string because each property transaction is different depending upon size value complexities etc but have you managed to start and finish so from from what's it birth to grave conception to grave have you managed to have a, 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 a transaction go all the way through since the lockdown started no no problem uh since lockdown yeah yeah we've we've got a number now that started in february march and they've now moved in They've, they've sort of happened now. Um, and again, throughout the lockdown, just managing that. And really, sometimes you were saying to people, look, nothing's happening. Nothing's happening at the minute. So we have got a number now we've moved. I, I, I've, I've got none at the moment that started after lockdown um, that moved in. They'll be sort of later on in the year. Um, but they're, they're probably going to be as slow as during lockdown because now we're coming, you know, when it might have took three months, it's now going to be five, really, I think, from everything because not only are we in that position at the front end, but the solicitors, they're all working from home. So we use quite a big company and all the sort of like solicitors are working from home or there's people back in the office sort of like scanning and putting stuff on. Um, that's slow. And I talked before about the layers. You start to, if you really dig down into anyone's business, you the layers. So land registry, you know, I don't know many people work at land registry and doing inquiries, but imagine they're all working from home, you know, um, and that's slower. So while you do see some chinks of light and things start to move a little bit, um, but what, one thing in, in the industry which was really sort of ramped up was service levels. So lenders will publish, you know, we will turn something around in 48 hours. We will, and, and that was almost like a competition because they couldn't really compete on rate too much because rates were at the lowest they've ever been and, and continue to be like that. Um, so they're always competing on service. Oh, well, we'll give you the best service. We'll turn it around quickly. That's just been all been thrown out the window. You know, that's just all gone. There's very few lenders. I don't think there's any lenders now will say, well, we've got a service level of this. You know, it's almost like there is no service level. You know, it's so many days. <laughs> just forget it. You know, we'll answer the phone in two hours. And no, you know, it doesn't exist. So it, it's hard. And you, you, you actually mentioned there, and, and I guess this takes us on to probably one of the, the bigger questions that people might have in their mind, which is what does the future hold? You mentioned there about the rates um, being at a record low. Um, do we see that changing anytime soon? And, and what, what is it that you think the government have done and what yeah. do you think they might do to try and keep the momentum that, that you're describing? Well, I think the, bit, the, the sort of big thing that um, the Chancellor did to keep get momentum going was really that stamp duty holiday. We'll come on to rates in a second, but the stamp duty holiday, you know, some people that's saving them. Certainly if you're buying up to 500,000, it can be 15 grand. 
So that's, again, that 15 grand isn't particularly, it's not a massive saving. If you're buying a 500 grand house, you would expect to have the stamp duty for that. But I think that 15 grand then is spent in the economy, isn't it? You know, that does mean you can then go and buy that other thing and, and that, that will be using it and then there'll be tax on that. So then you'll sort of get it back, really. It's quite a good trick to do. Um, obviously, it's on till March. So on the you know 30th of March, everyone will be wanting to buy houses and have them done in a day. So that, that'll be quite interesting. Um, that'll be testing the service levels. It certainly will. Uh, I mean, to be honest, for myself, I've not seen that. I think I've had one or two clients start to talk, right? Oh, yeah, because that isn't there. We might make the next move now. So that will come in. But I don't think the impact of that has hit yet. So even though we're, we're really busy and it's brilliant, I think that will come later in the year. I guess people I are I still guess. sorry. I, I guess people are still reeling from the effects of what this is. Yeah, this has caused. I, I, it was it was sort of an overnight thing where everyone was locked in their houses. Yeah. Uh, businesses were shut down. You weren't allowed to go out without having a specific reason for doing it. These yeah. are all really alien things. We're still not back to normal. There's still yeah. odd things we have to do. Just the the concept of going in a shop wearing a face mask is a completely new concept to the people in this country anyway. Um, And and so I guess people's heads are still trying to come to terms with those kind of things. Yeah, and while there's, you know, there's there's a load of people out there buying, some people still aren't moving. So, and I think there's other things. So we talked about the kids going back to school. I think that always has an effect on people from housing because it's the next milestone okay we can be in for christmas or we can be in for next spring or we can be in for sort of like easter then we know the kids are going to the bigger school so that that will come as well you know that's got to get back to normal because i used to always say there's no real season in house buying because there's so many little things along the year well you say that that i mean that was that was actually gonna be another question i had because traditionally people believe that it's sort of after after Christmas, after the New Year, you're sort of heading towards spring and summer. People want to move then, so that's when everyone's starting to move the chess pieces to to get things going. But what you're saying there is that actually it might be more of a case that people will move in what was considered more of an out-of-season idea of yeah. sort of the autumn and the winter because they need to get everything sorted before this yeah. this deadline. There's little triggers that make people think, and they tend to, there tend to be that many of them across the year. You know, schools is always a big one, isn't it? So, you know, you want to be ready for the big school or or move to, to get into school. You want to be in for Christmas. So, you know, you want to be starting in the summer knowing you're getting in November time. So there's always those triggers. But you, you can then throw in other triggers now, which is like we need a garden. You know, we want to make sure that if this happens again, we want to have a garden. Uh, you know, or, you know, we want an extra room. You know, we want to do an extension because we want to put an office in. We get If I have to work from home, we want to have an office. So there's so throwing all this in again. It, um, and that, you know, so there's so many things you can sort of throw in um, that will. I think you are right. What you said, the housing market in this country runs the country really. Because you buy a house, you go and buy a door. You buy a new kitchen. You, it's just just massive, isn't it? So um, it's it's always going to sort of like be there and generating. Um, but it's. It, like I said before, it's been thrown up in the air and landed on the desk, and we've got to come some way of of getting it back to a bit of normality. So, um, so you mentioned you mentioned the stamp duty. Going back to what we were discussing just a moment ago about the rates, I mean, do you see those changing at all? Are they going to keep no, them? I think, 
I think I've I've been on this podcast three or four times now. You've asked me that question. You're trying to tie me down on that one, aren't you? Um, obviously, if you had a crystal ball marker, I, I may not be on this podcast. <laughs> um, you know, we've had lowest interest rates now in history since 2008-9 when, when obviously it was the financial crash and for that sort of like 13 years interest rates have been low you know under half a percent they crept up a little bit they've now been I mean on on you know on lockdown if you like pandemic pandemic came along and they were reduced to 0.01 so again the lowest in history again you know so broken some more records um, I don't think that was particularly about the um, housing market that was probably to do with the stock market mm. um, will they go up um, if, I, if I was a betting man again I said this last time I'd probably say no not really you know I'd put some money on not going on for, for a long time it, low interest rates are traditionally to try and stimulate the economy and the current forecasts are that it's probably going to be at least 18 months to two years before the economy recovers to the extent that it was pre-lockdown. And so one assumes that they're not going to stop trying to stimulate the economy until you get back to that stage, which yeah. suggests, and this is, of course, a complete guess, unless yeah. unless the Bank of England want to get in contact with us and let us know yeah. that it's just a guess, but it does seem likely that that's probably going to be the case. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the actual base rate won't change. Well, the, the, if you if you look at the base rate, the only thing that could happen, and that's been, it has been muted, we go into negative interest rates. Now, what happens in negative interest rates is debt suddenly be the debt you took maybe when interest rates were positive, it wiped a load of debt out. So you could, if you conspiracy theorists, you could say, well, there's a load of debt, we'll make it worth a lot less than it is. But um, but what it would do is, if you've got money in the bank and interest rates are negative, you'd want to take it out and spend it because. It's not worth having in there. You're paying the bank effectively to have it in there. Um, but when you come on to mortgages, that reduction in sort of um, base rate doesn't affect mortgages too much because most people nowadays are on a fixed rate anyway. So they're paying a fixed rate for a period, two, three, five years. Um, there was a few tracker rates around. but They were pretty much pulled once that rate went down because everyone's went down. So you couldn't get access to those anymore. Um but the interesting thing is, is because of the situation with regard to lenders' capacity, lenders have actually put rates up a little bit. Because as you can imagine, if one lender's the lowest rate on the market, they're going to get all the business and they don't want it. So they've, they've said, well, okay, we'll just higher our rates. It's only very slightly, but it takes us from the top of the list to third or fourth. But then the one at the top goes, well, hang on, we're getting too much again. It's like a storm that you can't stop. And they go well. We'll just put a put couple, we'll put a couple of points on it and get below that one. And then the one at the top that day goes. Well, we've had too many. We can't cope with the volume, and it starts to perpetuate that way. Where it can go the other way, where someone says, "Oh, we need some business, so we'll bring out a good rate." But that's not happening at the moment because they're trying to control the levels of business as much as they can, just from this volume point of view, really. Um, so the competitiveness isn't there. So it's quite interesting. But the thing is, is the lender's going to make a lot more money because base rates are low. But they're putting their rates up. So, you know, they're, they're going to make more on what they're yeah, It's quite interesting. And uh, house prices, have we seen a change? Do we think we're going to see a change? At this moment in time, no. There has been no change. Um, 
I'm, I'm, a, I'm a sort of like believer that they don't really crash. Even during the financial crash, they didn't crash. Yes, all right, certain areas you might have had a bit of a reduction, maybe in London, um, in the south. But if it's gone up by a million and it goes down by 100 grand, you're not too bothered. Um, but even during that financial crash in a lot of areas, it just stagnated for a period. And I think at the moment, you look at all the press, because of demand, because of the stamp duty, prices are increasing. You know, some of the properties, some of my clients are after, you've got 10, 11 people making offers on that property and you're in a race for it, certainly in certain parts of, say, Liverpool. The other thing that we didn't sort of throw in is, just, you know, people moving. You're going to have people from the south who have now realised they can work from home, sell their million-pound house and come and buy one up here for half a million, pocket half a million, and you've got a property probably the same price, as you, you know, the same size as you had down in, down in the south. So that's going to fuel prices a little bit. So, again, you know, I mean, I know the government have talked about this sort of like leavening at leveling of the, the sort of economy, haven't they? Bring it all to the north. This could almost do it because, you know, they're going to come and buy the house here. Prices will go up a little bit and they're going to bring the half a million pounds worth of cash that they've pocketed and spend that here as well. So it's quite interesting how that could happen as well. But at this moment, I don't see any reduction in prices. Uh, and even if it did, I think it would just be a stagnation for a bit, you know. So because um, initially, when we we sort of first got back, we were sort of, no, hang on, is there going to be down valuations by valuers? That's not really happening. Not too much. Um, no more than it did anyway. Um, but certainly, you know, I mean, a couple of properties this week have maybe gone ten, fifteen grand over the asking price because there's so many people after them. Of course, um, that 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 that's very much affected by supply and demand. Uh, one of the things that was uh, announced a couple of weeks ago was the government's intentions to change the planning yeah. application process uh, to try and encourage and enable for more homes to be built faster to deal with demand. Um, now, I'm not quite sure on the time scales for that getting through. There are certainly contentious aspects of that, which probably will be um, hotly disputed for a while, but with it being a majority government, quite a strong majority government, one assumes at some point they will probably get this through in one form or another. Uh, so do you think that's going to have a, a big impact? I think, I think it will. I think there'll be a push for the, for new build. You know, there always is anyway. Um, you know, and I think over the last sort of like, 10 years, you know, you, wherever you go, there's a new bill site, isn't there? I think this did have a bit of a detrimental effect on on that. Um, and they just want to they just want to push that because they're not going to hit the targets of whatever it is, 250, 300,000 homes without new build anyway. Um, the help to buy scheme where the government give you a 20% deposit is sort of supposedly changing in 2020, 2021, I think it is, where it's going to lower amounts, whether that will change. You know, that could change where they say, no, we'll scrap that, we'll move it forward, as they do with everything. So um, I certainly think the builders will be knocking on the door of Downing Street and sort of saying, you know, we want to keep keep the incentives coming and we'll keep building. You know, free up some land, we'll build on it. Um, they'll keep doing that because that makes them a lot of money. Um, but it's interesting, I've not really, I've not seen a sort of like increase in new build, you know, mortgage applications other than we were doing anyway, really. It's been no, more normal property, but um, second-hand property. 
but th- there's such a demand and a lack of property, certainly in this sort of area. We are South Liverpool, we're up. You're getting so many people after a property, you know, um, and some areas where you think maybe they wouldn't sell that quick, you know, estate agents can can certainly fill the viewings and get them done um, and get them out. You know, so, some aren't even going on the market. I've had one client this week where they're moving because they can't believe the price that they're getting for the property. Um, and they didn't have any photo, no photos taken. The, the estate agent, you know, just said, yeah, we've got people for it. We'll book a load of viewings. No, it didn't go on the market at all. Wow. And I, th- I think they had something like 12 people over two mornings. Um, and they're, they're absolutely flabbergasted. They can't believe, you know, the demand for it. But that's, they're going to go from somewhere in the region of, say, 350 up to like 480 because they've probably made over the cup say four or five years made 150 grand in and, equity where they would have been and are these people who are looking to try and buy the or the, the the people coming to you now are these people looking to move house or are these investors who are trying to get yeah, move, to... moving house yeah there's no, again the, the sort of investor market, the buy-to-let market, is buoyant. It's come back really buoyant. Do they get um, the stamp duty benefits? Um, they don't get the full uh, – they just get a short, a small benefit from a reduction in because they had a hike in it a few years ago. So um, rather than paying the full 5%, they pay 3%. So, um, yeah, there's a bit of a, a win there. Um, as I say, if they've got rents coming in, they've not really been spending any of that over the lockdown period maybe. And then, yeah, if they've not been spending any income, they've sort of like said, oh, yeah, well, we've got a bit of money. Um, we'll, we'll buy another one. And again, that's fueling the market because they'll traditionally buy your sort of like maybe small terrace or, you know, 120 grand semi. And then they're in a race then with a the first time buyer. So, yeah, the, the demand's there, but there's still not, there's still a lack of property as there was before. The age old problem, eh? Certainly is. If we could solve that, Mark, we would be millionaires. <laughs> well, maybe we'll do that on another show. Yeah, yeah, we'll solve that on another show. But yeah, um, is there anything else you want to cover, Dave? Probably just my my thing was just to get out there and tell people what's happening. You know, I think we've all looked for the positives out of this, haven't we? You know, you know, we're, we're back in May when we did the, the the first one. It was very strange times, you know, um, and we possibly thought that the world would come back to normality at some point. And while, like you said, people who are out working, it is a bit normal, but it's not normal, is it? Um, I don't particularly like using the word new normal because, you know, it's probably not even been invented yet what it's going to look like. Uh, I think even if, if, we, if we get back to some sort of what what we were before, things have just changed a bit. But I think everyone's business has got to come out of it and re, you know, reinvent yourself a little bit, whether it be doing stuff online or, you know, your processes have got to change a little bit. But I think, as I say to, to anyone, if it becomes hard, we just get better, you know, and, and, and just help people out. Um, I, I do think, though, in the sort of mortgage world, it's almost like it was cool. I mean, I always speak to yourself and, and people in our business group about the direct side going to a bank being difficult anyway. I think that's gone tenfold now. It is more difficult. And I think probably people do. Uh, need a mortgage broker or a, you know an advisor more and more nowadays because it, it will be a bit more of a maze and a minefield. Well, there's um, more questions. There's questions, longer time yeah. periods. Uh, yeah. It's understanding what products are available. I mean, 
if you're a client, you've got no experience of the mortgage world, you would have a clue that you need to be up at eight o'clock trying to get on to the product that you need, even if you knew what that product was that you needed in the first place. And I think there's a lot of sort of like, you know, people uh, who are maybe mortgage brokers who might, might have only been in it for four or five years while it's been quite good. You know, we remember the day, the, the financial crash when it was really difficult um, and it made us a bit tougher. So, you know, um, teaching people how to do it during hard times is, is sometimes better. It's better than just doing it when it's easy. Have you got any tips that might be worth doing now or uh, that, that you have for people who are thinking it, it is your main tip do it now because of all the of all the incentives and opportunities that there are or yeah is there people always ask in- is it the right time to buy i don't think there's a th- there's ever a wrong time to buy because as we said house prices aren't going down you know we've, i think we might have said this before people have wrote books on they double in price every 14 years it seems to still be, be happening like that um, there's never a right, a right or a wrong time. It's about it's about you as an individual. But what I would say is, is if you're thinking of doing it, the earlier you get in touch with someone like myself, sit down and start to plan, the better, um, because we, we we know what those lenders are going to expect of you. Um, and even if you're not looking to do it for 12 months, you know, just start. 12 months goes by so quick. Um, we only have to think about ourselves. We started two years ago, you know, looking to sell and move and it took that two years really to do it um you know but it was a lot of planning a lot of sort of like getting things ready um so the earlier you do it and sit down and i would say sit down with someone like myself first before anybody because we'll sort of give you a gauge of where the market's going what it's like um because it isn't just about mortgages it's about the whole process really um yeah and, and yeah we'll help you out fantastic if people want to get in touch with you dave uh to get that advice uh how can the uh, do it well, give us a call on the office number which is 0151 um, my email address is dave at myriadmortgages.co.uk or we've got a website uh it's all the w's myriad mortgages m-y-r-i-a-d myriadmortgages.co.uk you'll find a contact page on there with all our details get in touch and we'll We'll do a, a socially distance appointment or a Zoom appointment or whatever you want. Um, we're, we're open in the office with all sort of like, um, you know, safety rules in place, but we can see people again, which is great. Uh, and yeah, we'll, we'll help you out. Fantastic. Well, that's 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 great stuff. Um, I suspect we'll be probably having a third one in the next three to so. four months yeah. <laughs> to, to see yeah just to what extent it's changed again because uh, this is a very fast moving sector yeah. as indeed everything is at the moment yeah i think i think it'll move you know things will move as it does always anyway you know it's just a bit different at the minute um, but things are always changing so well if you, if you're a business and you think that you'd like to have a chat about what you do about your sector impart some expertise even just to promote your business uh, then why not get in touch with us info at thepodstation.co.uk uh, we'll send you out a pack fill it in and we can get you on the show and then you too can share your pearls of wisdom like Dave has done today uh, alternatively you can check us out on the podstation uh, social media platforms we're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn you can direct messages on those as well uh, if you want to, uh, if you found this show useful, then maybe you want to backtrack and check out the previous ones. 
said at the outset, it's the podstation.co.uk, um, or you can subscribe. Uh, we're on all the major podcast platforms, so whichever is your preference, go on there. If you subscribe, it means that when we download, upload the next episode, it automatically downloads onto your device, so you don't even have to do anything to get your next instalment. Uh, Dave, thank you very much for joining us. That's been thank fantastic. You, uh, very much appreciate your time, sir. Good to see you again. And we'll, catch you, see you. and we'll catch you next time, guys. If you'd like to submit your business to be on the show, simply email spotlight at thepodstation.co.uk or message us on social media at The Podstation on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn and Twitter.